Welcome to the Road to Black Podcasts, brought to you by the BJJ Physio. The BJJ Physio helps optimize the training of jiu-jitsu athletes so they can dominate their next performance. How do they do this? They provide strength and conditioning, physical therapy, and heart rate-based conditioning through a completely remote and online management system. Meaning you can be anywhere in the world and take your BJJ performance to the next level. Contact Dr. Wesley Reed at info at thebjjphysio.online or follow him at the BJJ Physio on Instagram to find out more. Also brought to you by Roll Union Jiu-Jitsu. Visit rollunion.com and follow Roll Union on Instagram to shop the latest jiu-jitsu styles. Roll Union brings you the best fitting gis on the market, the most comfortable rash guards, and premium soft jiu-jitsu tees. Next time you're in the market for some new gear, check out RollUnion.com for the stylish and the savage. Lastly, we're brought to you by DownToRoll.com. DownToRoll.com was born out of the need for an innovative way to find BJJ training partners during the COVID-19 crisis. With gyms being shut down for many across the globe, you can register at DownToRoll.com and find small group training partners in your area. You can message partners directly from the map and interact with other like-minded players on the Down to Roll exclusive network. Go to downtoroll.com and start training again now. Thanks for supporting our sponsors, and we hope you enjoy this episode of the Road to Black podcast. Here we are, episode seven, Road to Black podcast. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Wes, Here we are, man. What's up? How's your day today? No complaints, man. None at all. I uh, just work and uh, staying I, warm. Uh, staying warm. It's snowing outside. It's snow. I I think I told everybody I work at a shed. So and I just got heat. So um, that's nice. Yeah, it's pretty. It's it's about seventy three degrees inside my shed, and uh, and so I'm enjoying that and mm-hmm. looking outside, and it's snow and snowflakes so um yeah no so complaints for, for the listeners um i'm what looking at wes and it's not like he's not some psychopath in a shed in the forest somewhere <laughs> it's an actual garage that's all finished inside with a mat and posters hung up and uh it, yeah it's so we it's can't give a- everyone the visual right now because we're not on youtube yet but uh it's it's a legit setup you got going on there. it's got a few places that need improvement but uh by and large, yeah, we're working on it. It's a work in you progress. Got That's number one. I I noticed you were in there today, and I said, well, he doesn't have a winter parka on, so it must yeah. be a change. You you you've got some warmth in there now. Yeah, it's really nice. So and and uh, a few weeks ago, we got lights up. So um, I'm pretty excited about it. It's turning into a legit, um, a legit office slash home training gym, space training studio coaching, so, office gym yeah all so the above. Uh, i was telling i was telling you earlier um the bjj physio just went international today so we're now an international brand and i'm really fired up and excited about it yeah congrats and um yeah su- super pumped so hope to bring on more international people here soon and um just really pumped at the growth that I'm seeing, even, even going into the holiday season, you know, um, mm-hmm. 
it's tough on COVID and everything else. It's, it's tough on everybody right now. And, um, yeah, it's really great to see people that are, um, that aren't putting off their, their goals and their injuries and, um, how to manage them. They're, they're not putting that off into the new year. And, um, I think that that is a smart decision and, um, also one that, uh, will pay off in the new year considerably when, uh, hopefully more tournaments yeah. start popping up. So, um, it's, it's really, it's exciting for me as a business owner. It's exciting for me, for somebody that, um, for my business, which is one of the ways that in my opinion, I've worked, I've worked it, um, worked at mills. And uh, so I'll back up. I won't, when I say a mill, um, there are certain types of clinics, which is now, uh, I would say more than 90% of the PT clinics out there are what we call them in my industry. We call it a mill because it's, um, they just cycle people through it. It's, uh, they're seeing two, three, four people at a time. Um, it's not really, it's about quantity, it's not about quality quantity over quality. People are not outcome driven. Um, they don't care about your goals. It's just, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a sad state as far as my profession and the, the, the current state, which is why I don't participate in that because in my business, everything is results driven. So, um, I take that very serious and, um, it's really, it's really, really rewarding when I get, uh, athletes on my roster that are just like messaging me they're like dude i'm just killing it right now and um yep. i'm x amount of i'll ask people how what, what's your percentage on improvement since we first started oh man i'm like i'm like 80 percent. like i'm looking at mm-hmm. going back to the mats it's like let's go back let's get you there yeah you know so it's uh it's really That's exciting rewarding. and it's very rewarding and i'm super pumped to be taking that as uh going now as an international brand and um I aim to be the, the guy for, uh, physical therapy, strength and conditioning and heart rate based conditioning for jujitsu. So, um, and it looks like, um, I'm headed in the right direction. So that's exciting. Congrats. I know how hard you've worked on it these last couple of years and that's a, it's a great milestone. And I think this is a perfect time for all our listeners to get familiar with the BJJ physio. If you don't know about Wes, that's what he does. He just mentioned a little bit of it, but just go and uh, follow him on Instagram, shoot him a message. This is the perfect time. Um, So what I was going to say is like, kudos to you also for, I I know how you, I've been watching you work and build this, build your company up over the last couple of years. And through this COVID as a business owner, I know it's difficult uh, what we went through with, you know, just the lockdown, people not training, people not having, maybe just they don't have the funds to get some coaching on the side. But one thing I have realized is that you're thriving through all of this, but also people can really uh, utilize your services. And I speak from experience while they're off the mat. So what, even if they're not training, um, there's plenty of people out there that maybe they don't have the opportunity to train still. There's schools that still aren't open. There's areas that aren't training. Um, 
if you're fine and you, or maybe you're not comfortable coming back to training but what you can do is work with someone like yourself you know um you as a grappler maybe you need to get some kind of regimen going so that your f- physical health is where it should be when you're ready to return to the mat that's that's one thing whether you're injured or not just get into some physical fitness right yeah this is a perfect time to do it make an investment in that if you're out there listening and you're not training maybe you're not paying your school you're not comfortable going back yet or you can't go back you know maybe focus some of your energy into working with Wes and either developing some new types of uh fitness like a, a regimen you know getting your body ready i'm sure it's not ready for jujitsu i ran into this same problem over the summer i wasn't training but i was recovering from an injury with the help of wes and the bjj physio but i've been thinking you know and i know plenty of people even at my own gym that haven't come back yet just because you know they have issues with family members or you know they're they're just not comfortable training in a training environment uh through covid what better time to do some stuff on your own you know you have a coach right here access to a coach whether it's like you said you get heart rate heart rate based conditioning everything you know strength yeah. and conditioning um jujitsu planning type that type of thing um it's it's it would benefit you if you're not training yet to come back on the mat prepared with something like that so that's just a great resource so i'm happy to see you doing well and i think it's just going to keep growing and growing yeah that that's the plan you know i um you know the real man this covid thing uh, i don't want to go back down that rabbit hole but what you know the thing that i i i talked to actually i talked to a guy who he's in he's in uh britain he's in he's in new england or he's in england right now and um you know they just went back on lockdown right and he's an he's an he's a jiu-jitsu guy he's an mma fighter and his story was the exact same that i heard from everybody almost everybody over covid lockdown happened jiu-jitsu schools weren't open and it seemed like all of their goals just washed away and there was it wasn't um you know, there wasn't any plan for this gentleman or for a lot of jujitsu people. Once the gyms closed, there wasn't like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to seamlessly transition over and work on yeah. X, you know, work on my Bandy. cardio or my strength or whatever it is. Um, and most people don't have the, the knowledge base to program something like that. And if they do, I mean, I'll be real. I don't, I don't like to program for myself. Um, I do program for myself. Um, and, but eventually I'll hire that out because it does, it takes time. Uh, it takes effort. That's why, um, and that's what I do is I try and get people to set their goals. And because this is a really easy time to not stay active. It's really easy to sit on the couch. It's really easy to um, just overall become deconditioned towards jujitsu. For sure, and, blame it on um, COVID. Yeah, one hundred percent. You know, I mean, I mean, you have you have an ex- built-in excuse. Built-in I, excuse. I did. It's like 
my activity level just went down. Yep. I, I still was trying to do things when I would, didn't have gym access, but it's just not the same. You it's, really have to put in the effort and have to have either a lot of knowledge on what to do or have someone helping you coach you through that. And that's the piece that I, I really enjoy providing for people um, is, is that, that coaching piece where, look, man, we're just going to, we're going to set your goals and we're going to make sure you're ready to return to jujitsu. And that's what I, you know, this, um, that MMA guy that I was talking to is really unfortunate because, um, you know, when I was asking him, like, uh, you know, what are you doing for, um, anything? He's like, nothing. He was doing nothing. He was like, I was like, well, what's your cardio consist of? He's like, I just do some jumping jacks and this, that, and the other. He's like, I have a a fight scheduled for March. And I was like, so like, what are you going to do to get ready for it? I'll probably just do some running. Yeah. And it's unfortunately, um, this is what the complex, you know, where the complexity piece comes in is that it's, you know, cardio is not as easy as just going for a run. It's not as easy as doing some high intensity interval training. It's not as easy as whatever, you know, whatever the thing that the person wants to do, it has to be in a, you have to test to see where the person needs help. Cause if a person is, um, you know, if they're gassing out at two minutes, that's completely different than gassing out at five minutes or or between rounds. So is it a, you know, if somebody's got, you know, they're gassing at the end of the first round and they're going into the second round, not feeling ready. Is it, is it a cardio issue or is it a recovery issue? Right. You know what I mean? So the, the, I tell, um, like specifically for MMA, uh, those guys between rounds have to, have to be able to go from essentially their max heart rates over sustained level. They have to be able to recover in between the round and 60 seconds. The best guys get down into the one thirties, which is technically, um, the, what's called the recovery zone. You know, if you do heart rate based conditioning that, you know, that a person is ready for their fight or ready for their competition when between their rounds, they can get their heart rates down in the one thirties. So that when they go into the next round, you know, they're, they're ready to go. Right. So, um, things are, and from a physical therapy standpoint, um, it's never as easy as just YouTubing exercises. Um, right. Which I think is one of the problems with, uh, where we're at in this current society is we have so much access to information that people just view the information and they think they can DIY it. Right. And it's, it's never that simple. Mm -hmm. Um, what I do for, for people, I, I ask about the injury because an injury, um, is it something that, is it an acute injury where it just happened? Is this a prolonged injury where this is something you've been dealing with for a long time? You know, that's the first differentiator between the kind of injury that we're dealing with. Something that's acute, you know, that's the best time to get after it because you can manage it through it the entire healing stage. If it's a nagging injury, 
you have the risk of running into maybe it's already healed up and it's not so much a injury as it is a sensitivity issue. Um, your brain is a tricky thing, so it will literally try to protect you from a previous injury by firing a pain signal. So you can yeah. think of it like a fire alarm where mm-hmm. um, uh, the first time the fire alarm went off, it was a legit fire. Like that was your injury. Um, the, it goes through the healing process. You see this a lot with, with back, with back pain, particularly. Yeah. Um, the first time was an acute injury, uh, that was never managed appropriately, never went into the, um, never went through an actual graded return to sport, um, graded exercise doing, you know, lifts with more, um, in positions that cause the injury. Um, and what, because when you do those things, it, it will kind of, we were just talking about this a little bit, but the, you have to show your body slowly over time to, to allow you to do those things again. Right. Because if you don't, that's where we can become a sensitivity issue where your your brain's like, no, I'm not going to allow you to to shoot that double leg because the last time this happened, you got hurt. Right. So it will it will fire that far that fire alarm, and it will just keep fire hitting that fire alarm. Oh, it gets it actually gets better at at hitting that that alarm yeah. system. And so what and the crazy thing is when you stop doing that movement you're conditioning your brain that it when it fires the fire alarm it doesn't okay. have it's okay yeah um so from an injury standpoint um it uh that's a lot you know what i do is where are we at in the healing process and is this a sensitivity issue or is this a structural mechanical issue? Right. And so um, from a perception, perception wise, from an athlete's perspective, because I've, I've also having 12 years on the jujitsu mats, I've, I've been through my own injuries. I've been through my own rehab. Um, from a perception standpoint, you don't feel the difference. And that's why. That, you know, the, the pain signal is the pain signal is the pain signal. It's not right. you, the person can't tell, is this sensitivity? Is this no. acute injury? Yeah. So that's why having that, that second set of eyes and that experience of, you know, where are we at? How to diagnose this mm-hmm. is, is actually very important because I'll go back to the, to where we're at in society now is, um, we there's so much and this is the exact reason why I, I i for a reason do not put exercises on my instagram page because mm-hmm. i think it cheapens my knowledge base and it gives people things that they will perceive as this is just the easy absolute, fix absolute yeah this absolute is this truth. is this mm-hmm. is the quick this is the quick fix i just do he put up these five exercises for my back pain boom here's five exercises for back pain without actually going through an, an evaluation to diagnose what is actually happening. Yeah. So it's that expertise that people need, obviously. I mean, 
I've definitely experienced that. I can recall on my injuries to my ribs that I've had a couple, probably three over the course of doing jujitsu. And there's always what we call, and I'm not the only one that experiences this with ribs, but it's like a phantom pain mm-hmm. that you get way down the line. You know, it could be weeks or months after you recover. And it's like, am I feeling something right? What, what was that? But, you know, and I think that is, it's in certain spots or your body tricks you and sends you that, like you said, that pain signal Yeah, because it's not like it's injured. I didn't injure it again, but, and I've talked to multiple people, especially about the ribs or something about Mm -hmm. them. I don't know if it's because of the way they heal and there's really, in my opinion, I think you just have to let the ribs heal. There's not a whole ton that you can do with those. Yeah. There's not much you can do. And, you know, also with like a little tendonitis, as I told you, I've experienced that too, where I like, did I feel something right there? You know, I might not even have overworked it or anything, but so that's interesting. But to a regular guy like myself, who I'm not versed in those things, that's all the more reason why I need a coach or need somebody that, you know, can diagnose that for me at, at, like you said, at what level and what severity you're at with your injury. Um, because yeah. we all, we all grapple through injuries. I mean, if you don't do it, it, I, and I'm not, it's hard to just peanut butter this and just give it a one big statement, but obviously we all grapple with injuries. Sometimes that'll, that can be okay. Sometimes not. Yeah. Obviously. I mean, you, if, if you were not feeling a hundred percent, if if you never trained at less than a hundred percent, you probably wouldn't get much training in with jujitsu. Yeah. It's just a rough sport. So. I think that's where your, you know, your expertise comes in, where you can really parse that out and and dial in what people's issues are. And I, I really enjoy that about your social media too, um, in terms of sharing those types of things. Like, um, if it's this injury, you know, and explaining a little bit of what we're we're seeing or or you know experiencing out there. You know what I mean? And the way you talk through your therapy when I was going through the therapy, it's like, Oh, okay. I understand that now where I can look up different exercises for what I think is wrong with me. And it just doesn't, it, even if I'm going through the motions, it doesn't really make sense to me. Why, you know? So I think that's, I like that aspect of it is to be educated on why we're doing something or why we're building our body up for this next stage of our jujitsu. Yeah, um, I'll not dive too much into your rehab, but I'm sure you remember there was a few, there was a, a, a number of weeks there where we actually recreated your mechanism of injury. Yeah, um, you know, and so, um, you know, I think that that's going back to that getting somebody ready to go back on the mats. You have to, you have to. Um, you have to explore those positions and not just explore them, but also uh, train your body to what they could potentially feel like so that it can mm-hmm. build some resiliency in those positions. Right. Exactly. Um, so uh, unfortunately I, you know, I, I do, well, fortunately I do t- talk to a lot of jitsu athletes. Um, the common theme that I hear is, um, well, I'll back up. Uh, the differentiating between hurt and injury. Um, hurt is like, oh, man, I'm, I'm like 
sore. And like you were saying, you know, you have jujitsu has, we would never step on the mats if we had to be in perfect tip top condition, shape every every time it, we would just, none of us would, would be there. Right. Um, but jujitsu athletes do have a propensity to ignore injuries like legit injuries. Yeah. And that's the piece that, um, that uh, honestly I'm, I'm the whole reason I started my, my business is this is part of it because, uh, for one, uh, if, if all of us want to train for longevity, every single person on the mats, I've at one point or another, I feel like I have heard people talk about, man, I want to be training until I'm old. The same person, though, that says that has also ignored an injury. And that's really unfortunate because that's really talking out of both sides of your mouth. Right. Um, that's a harsh way to put it. That's a harsh reality, though. Mm-hmm. Um, the person that says, I want to train into longevity needs to be taking care of their body and make an investment yeah. in it. because. Um, I'll go hard on this point. It's going to come up later, but uh, like on my social media, but I see people that invest in things that don't actually help them. And it's really unfortunate. And I'll go hard on the CBD because, and there's nothing wrong with CBD. Um, There is some good scientific literature out there that show it shows it to be neurologically protective from like traumatic brain injuries, Mm -hmm. um, things like that. There's some, some really good evidence out, out there. I'm not, I'm not, just blanket bashing CBD, rubbing CBD cream on, on a shoulder and, and asking it to heal your rotator cuff injury or your shoulder pain. It's, it's not going to happen when you, you, first of all, putting faith in something like that to heal a a structural issue like that Mm -hmm. is, um, especially in jujitsu where we are putting our joints in some very, very compromised positions. Um, it's, it's, that's, it's just not going to work. Right. Um, the only, go ahead. I was just going to say that comes from people just not being educated on the topic. You know, they see this quick fix. They want to, it'd be great if you could rub something on your, your body and, you know, maybe it's some slight pain and you put the CBD cream on there and yep, it's feeling good and you feel like, oh, that's better. That's a big difference in having an, an injury. Yes, right? 100%. Um, so I think when you mentioned also that same person, you know, it's the person that says, I'm going to train forever. I want to train in longevity. But then they're also training through injuries a lot of the time. I think that's coming from the same place. And that, that is just the person's love for jujitsu. You know, they, they know they want to do it forever and, but they also want to train all the time and they don't want to take time off for injuries. I've seen this personally. It sucks. It sucks to be off the mats. Um, you know, you, we all know that, um, if you've trained any amount of time, I don't, I've never met anybody that's like, Oh, I'm just anybody that's really into it. It's like, just totally happy about getting injured and just, Oh, I'm going to take a few weeks off. Every single person says, I hate being away from the mat. And that's just as much mental as it is physical. Mm -hmm. So 
because you, that, at least for me, you know, I, you know, there's times when you just absolutely, I'm injured. I can't do it. I cannot do it. Yeah. So during those times, there's been times where I'll go into the gym still and get that mental training going. That's right. Um, and just sit on the sidelines or help the coach or whatever you want, yeah. whatever you can do, because it keeps me engaged. Otherwise I am really going crazy. I'm also dealing with this injury. Um, you know, co- we all saw some of that with COVID. Mm-hmm. Everything just gets shut down. But that can happen to you at any time with a major injury. You know, there's been several that have keeping me out for weeks. So I think like what you said is just it's super important important. But what advice would you give like a listener who might not be able to realize or what how how does how does our listener understand what is a real injury and what is something they should be maybe training through what's your philosophy like i I mean i know that's a deep question it's going to be very individual specific but just the recognizing of uh, i shouldn't be out here training you know is there any kind of key markers that you look for you can tell people yeah first of all a painful pop a painful pop is never ever a good thing it is like some tissue freaking exploded right there right if it's a and that's a that's a bad term the tissue didn't explode but something uh something happened where there was more stress put through that tissue than what the the tissue could handle yeah um so if there's a painful pop then that's probably something to get looked at that's probably something to get um, checked out and not something that you should ignore. Um, And that goes back to our acute injuries. Um, You know, aches and aches and pains are going to happen. If it's something that you're taking NSAIDs for or or like aspirin type stuff for long periods of time, that's still something you should get looked at because you, you uh, going back to, tissue sensitivity versus um, an acute injury, those sensitivity things still have dysfunction associated with them. Like some sort of movement dysfunction that is because the brain is not allowing a certain movement to happen. So that is still, a oh, there's still going to be some dysfunction there. So that's something that should be looked at. Right. Um, it was interesting when I was down there on that trip. Uh, I th- we had a, one of our uh, woman grappler friends who uh, m- she or her husband may very well be listening to this podcast. And, and what I think, especially you know, especially when competitions come around, it's almost impossible to be a hundred percent because people train hard for this. Yeah this this is, in my opinion, a really good thing to ha- having somebody in your pocket is really good because they can give you that, that um, there's a structural issue versus there's not a structural issue. Go ahead and compete because uh, people want to know if, uh, if it's a non-structural issue where you don't have a torn MCL, LCL, or like rotator cuff, something like that, something that just hurts, then um, people want to be confident that 
they can go ahead and go into their competition. That changes the mindset for somebody to be able to like, yeah, yeah, my, my knee kind of hurts, but there's not, but there's nothing broken in it. There is nothing torn in it. And so, um, having that peace of mind, peace of mind, it's super important. And so, yeah, the, the first thing if it's, so I guess here's my advice. If something, if it's a painful pop, get it looked at. If it's a long-term injury that is causing you, uh, if it's taking away from, if, if you can't work, like take a shoulder. If, if, if you've spent the last six months with shoulder pain, can't sleep at night, can't yeah. work, can't lift overhead, can't d- get your dishes out of the, out of the cabinets, man. Get that looked at because here's the thing uh, for me as a provider, my, especially uh, doing jujitsu, the last thing that I ever tell somebody to do is to stop training jujitsu. It is like, Mm -hmm. because I, I know and understand. And I think that is all too common with healthcare right now is 90 eight or 99% of healthcare providers don't do jujitsu and don't understand the sport. And so they're very quick to shut somebody down and it doesn't have to be that way. And, and that I think is the reason why a lot of jujitsu people are almost afraid to go see somebody to get their problems checked out because they're afraid that they're going to go see this person and they're going to say, you need to stop training. Yeah. And absolutely. That, that's, what because, I was, that's what I was saying. People yeah. don't want to. <laughs> yeah. Who? They don't want to stop. Exactly. And yeah. that has a cascade, which is very similar to, it, it's the same pathway as the COVID has hit with jujitsu. That cascade is not just taking some, someone's jujitsu away. That cascade is you've, you've separated somebody from their community. You've, right. you've separated, you've taken somebody's passion away. You like a person gets grumpy at home because they're not getting the exercise that they need. Mm-hmm. You know, some, you know, that affects their relationships with their husband or their wife or their kids or their profession. Or so it, it does have a cascade. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that is why. I mean, going back to it, that's the reason why I started my business yeah. because yeah. Um, my goal is to keep people on the mats. Yeah, training. Um, that's great. So, if I'm it's sure pop- you have different. I'm sure you have different pot- protocols too for, you know, as you diagnose these things, people are, are going to be at different have different abilities to continue to train. Yeah, whether it's you're going to go easier now, or you're going to work around this issue, or you're not going to do these certain things on the mats, but you can still do these things. Yeah. You might have to change up your training. You might have to have a little bit of specialization with your training partners or, but most, I think most people would be open to that and you working through your injury, your coat, you know, let your professor know. Um, but that'll at least keep you there. Even if you're on the sideline and you can only do a little bit, but you're getting that mental work. You're getting that, as you said, you get that, you're still feeding the addiction Yeah. for the passion. 
Um, I think that's really important. And you can learn a lot just by observing. And I think just knowing those few things and knowing that someone like yourself, see, that's why people really, they just don't have that tool. That's why I've always said the same. It's like, I love having your app just in the, in my phone. It's like, um, you know, I can just reach out basically and get some consultation on something if I needed to, should I be training through this? What can I do? What should I stay away from? That's like, that's invaluable stuff. And it only is going to come from a guy that's been on the mats for 12 years. Yeah. You know, like I, I don't want to share too much, um, but I don't think there's anything that is breaks this rule as far as identification purposes, but I have a client right now and his story really moved me because I, I picked him up. uh, I actually picked him up off of Facebook and just a great guy and, um, trains at a very high level school. and. he sustained a wrist injury and those are tough injuries, man. Those are tough injuries. Those there's so many small little ligaments and things in the wrist. And, Mm -hmm. um, this, this gentleman, he, he went and saw his primary care provider and they told him they, they took an x-ray. They wanted to rule out a fracture. Um, I caught him right after they did that. He said they ruled out a fracture and he, the next message to me was I'm, I'm stretching it. And I, I rarely coach people right away. I was like, well, if they ruled out a fracture and you still have an injury, chances are it's soft tissue, which means if you're, if you have a ligament torn, you shouldn't be stretching it. So stop stretching it. Mm -hmm. Um, we went, we, we talked some more and we talked some more and he told me more of his story. And, um, he got sent out to an occupational therapist, which is, which typically work, they work with hands. Um, and the hand therapist told him she did her eval. She said, uh, yeah, you've got a tough injury. Um, you probably would have been better off with a fracture and gave him like some very basic active range of motion exercises and sent him on his way. And this she gave him nothing i mean this is an active individual a jiu-jitsu athlete a guy that likes to go to the gym um a high performing professional and when i first sat down and talked to him he was telling me how he stopped doing everything and he was afraid to move he was afraid to move his wrist he was afraid to go to the gym he was afraid to work out yeah and that's that's really hard. And, um, I mean, just last week he, he went back to the gym for the first time and it was like, uh, he sent me a text and he was just like, so pumped. And cause I, you know, I gave him some general guidance, like here's the do and do not, but I want you to go back to the gym because, and he's back in the jujitsu, um, just doing some light drilling. He's back in the gym. I gave him, I designed all of his workouts for him, but You know, that story is not, it's not unique to him. Right. Which I really think is unfortunate. And so, um, man, it's. Well, you're, that's, that's just why the BJJ physio is kind of on the the front end of this. Um, There's just, the sport is just developing at such a rapid pace. There's so many more practitioners and. 
gone are the days when you can just, you know, the coach says, Hey, rub some dirt on it. Let's get back in there. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's more specialization in every sports for this type of therapy and instruction and coaching. And, you know, I think out of all sports as as much as any other sport, jujitsu athletes need this. I mean, yeah, we are extremely tough on our bodies, extremely tough. Yeah, it's it's natural. I mean, it's in the nature of the the activity. So you're going to I mean, you're just going to have endless amounts of clients. <laughs> eventually. Yeah, I mean, there's just there's just a sea of people of prospective clients. And once people understand the importance of this. Um, and just to know you have that resource, especially at any point in time, right? But especially if you're if you are planning to do this for the long term, I mean, that right? I mean, yeah. you can't just you can't just consider and and uh, assume that for a ten year, twelve year, fourteen year period, whatever it's whatever you plan on doing in the next dozen years, that you're just going to be injury free. Um, so why not be smart about it and and utilize a service that can get you back on the mats quicker you know um it's it's a no-brainer once people understand you know it's like anything you want somebody that has the knowledge to give you the information if you're willing to put in the work and and make an effort you know you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna benefit you're, from you're it. gonna benefit for sure yeah. you know i i'm obviously biased i would love to help everybody out there who this, this conversation is affecting but the the bigger message is is that have somebody like have yeah. go get help from somebody don't don't neglect your injuries because eventually they're going to catch up to the mm-hmm. point where they will take you off the mats mm-hmm. um and you just hope that it's not for a prolonged period of time um but have somebody dialed in and and dialed up to where uh, you can, you can go in and you can, cause there, you know, I'm not the only good therapist out there. There's other people out there. Mm-hmm. There's also some really bad, bad therapy out there. Um, yeah. but for, and, and here's another piece of advice for listeners. If you're looking for a physio or a physical therapist, um, and you're looking for some things that would differentiate, uh, what is a good and a bad physical therapist. Here are some guidelines. First is if you can find somebody that is a sports physical therapist, the way that you'll know that one, you can call their clinic. Um, somebody that has these three letters S C S after their name that stands for, um, uh, sports. It's a sports certification. It's a board certified sports physical therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, that person will know how to handle athletic injuries. Um, two, ask them how long their treatment times are. Um, if you usually, uh, and even even more importantly, um, ask them if they split treatment time because this is where the mill thing comes into place, um, where people go to physical therapy offices. And they're having to split time between three and you know two, three, sometimes even four patients at a time. Mm-hmm. And what ends up happening is that you don't actually get uh, you don't actually get what you what you really need. Um, yeah, 
because it becomes more of a uh, just cycling people through to get the re- insurance yeah. reimbursements. I, I'll I'll leave it at that. But um, I've experienced that with the sports physical therapist. It was before one was before jujitsu. One was when I first started. But both cases, they're both different places. Both sports certified. Yeah, and both. Especially the first one before I did jujitsu, I had a couple shoulder injuries, and it was I, that I felt like I just felt like no one was even paying attention to yeah. me in there. You know, it was they literally had like the youngest, the newest person come over and put this the stem on me, and then another person kind of shifted through and actually rubbed ice on it, and just these different like I I might maybe saw the doctor for a few minutes, and, yeah. It was just like they were just running around the room, these people, you know, like all these assistants, and they were. It was it was just so disorganized, and I and that's not the first time. The other time was exactly the same way. So yeah. it was just the way they operate. Um, there's a place next door to my business now, and they're they're like they're one the of these big way. box things, yeah. and that's how I've been in there, and I just know that's how they work. I mean, they're working on a bunch of different people. There's no, there's not a lot of one on one. Um, you know, you might get a different person every time you go in there, that type of thing. So it's like, oh, here's another person asking me what my, you know, it's yeah, and it's that's, that one-on-one is really, it's really super, valuable too. Super key, and um, the the modalities thing is uh, hits a little bit of a, a sticking point for me because um, I don't believe in wasting somebody's it's not that some of those things aren't beneficial it's that they're when you go to places uh time is of a of a premium mm-hmm. and to waste time putting somebody because this is it is without a doubt this is like the uh, the the textbook you show up 10 minutes on a heat pack you you sit there for 10 minutes they're going to put you on a bike get you warmed up for another 10 minutes that's 20 minutes of treatment time right there. Mm-hmm. Um, you're maybe going to do some really what they, what they call um, for everybody. I'm making the quotation marks right now, corrective exercise, which is just low load stuff. Um, they're going to give you that for a few minutes and then they're going to finish off with an ice pack. You, that is in my opinion, uh, uh, that's just piss poor care, especially for, and, and I'm, and, especially for jujitsu athletes because one for jujitsu athletes, because, but here's the other piece for everybody. People don't live on treatment tables. People don't live on getting ice packs all day. People live on their feet. People are lifting, you know, a squat is this, this squat pattern is the same as a squat with weights and like a, like a front squacker, front squat, back squat, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's the same pattern as standing up and down from a chair, sitting up and down from a chair. So mm-hmm. if, if people have you, most of your treatment is on a treatment table, then in my opinion, that's bad because people don't live on treatment tables. People need to be picking things up off the floor. People need to be strong. And for us as jujitsu athletes, um, we need to be we particularly need to be strong at in ranges where our joints are constantly being attacked. Um, very specific to the very sport. Very specific itself. to the sport itself. So, um, 
there's only one metric of injury prevention, and that is being strong. So if your therapist isn't getting you strong, then they're wasting your time. And the the clinical patterns that I see, very few injuries happen when you are in the mid range, in a, like the middle of a joint range. They always happen at end range. I mean, look at all of our attacks. A Kimura is an end range internal rotation attack. An Americana is a is a uh, end range external rotation attack. Like every sing- everything in our sport goes to end ranges. So if you're going to rehab somebody, you have to rehab somebody in those ranges. And I just think that uh, I, I see it over and over in my profession of that that just get a person on a hot pack, put them on a yeah, put them on a bike, give them some low load exercises, and then put them on an ice pack, mm-hmm. send them on their way. It's it, I, I'm I rant I'm you know this is a lot of me ranting, but yeah. Um, well, I mean, I've experienced. I've been training for a while and I've experienced the traditional type of therapy, physical therapists. And I'm just speaking from experience. You know what the difference is uh, like for listeners might not have known or don't know what you do, but for me, it was an, in, a, an uh, MCL injury and it was a pop with pain and I knew it was bad right away. And, um, the treatment that you started me on was, it was so much more than anything I ever had in any other, like it wasn't even close. Like, you know, it was so that, that I appreciated because it was like, Oh, that I'm actually going to do some work here. Mm-hmm. I realized that right away that it isn't just because you would just go through them. I would go through the motions at the PT clinic. I'd be there two hours. I'd go through these, you know, and they might have me on a, a foam roller or doing these stretches and, but none of it, I, it just seemed like the recovery was so long. It didn't feel like I was doing any work, yeah. if that makes sense. Or yeah. they'd put me on the stem or they'd do the heat pack or whatever it was. But with this injury, it was like right away, I just, it was such a different experience. It was like, oh, Wes dialed me up these different, he programmed me these different exercises. And yeah, at first it was like, some more simpler than others, but it was dependent on how I was. I mean, I couldn't walk for a couple of days, first of all. And then slowly but surely, you know, Wes kept adding, building up my my program to where things got more difficult and we would communicate and back and forth. How are you feeling? How does this feel? Oh, this this one was a little painful. Okay. When was it painful? Wes goes through all of that with you and then he'll reprogram for the next week. So that, that, it was just so much more. It's like, and that is just, I love every aspect of life. That's what I love those types of services. You know, I'm much, it's, it's much more rewarding and you feel like you get your, the value out of it when someone is having that one-on-one coaching contact and you are actually feeling like you're doing something here versus, and I've seen it so many times, but I, 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 my, my cryotherapy center is next to a physical therapist. You don't, I have so many people come over from me from that place and they'll just come over and they'll be like, well, I had my therapy. They're just all dejected. Everyone hates it. They're like, I hear these complaints about, you know, the things I've already mentioned, you know, they don't feel like they're getting the right, they're nothing's working for them or 
So I see it coming in from different angles I've experienced myself. But with your programming, it's like kind of the onus is on me, you know, to, you have to do the work. You have to really be committed. Um, No one's going to hold your hand per se, physically, but I like how, you know, you're dialed in, you're checking out, you're looking at every program, looking at my results. I mean, is there any, that's, that's what you want, especially, you know, you want that one-on-one. There's nothing more valuable than that. There's nothing. I mean, so my experience was great like that. And just over a course of time, just building it up, building it up. And then I can feel, and I, I can, you see and feel that the work you're putting in is meaningful and it's really actually repairing stuff. So, yeah, you know, one of the big pieces that I think is just missing in the, you know, in just dealing with injuries in a lot of places is people don't, uh, they either don't feel comfortable or they, uh, don't have the opportunity to ask why they're doing certain things. Mm-hmm. And that has to be the main focus. Like everything, I mean, everything in my programs is purpose driven. And yeah, um, I tell people right away, like if there's something that you need to know why we're doing it or you want to know why we're doing it, like mm-hmm. I want you to ask because you if you have to know why you're doing certain things not you yeah. not you per se but people in order to 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 buy in and to to feel like this is going to be the beneficial way you know um they especially need, for sports especially and, for sports and, and jujitsu in general because you're going to have the people that in regular pt shops you're going to have people that just they don't you know they sit at a desk all day and they're not doing shit on the side they're not exercising they might have a terrible diet they're overweight and their back hurts and they get sent to a pt probably not the type of person that's going to ask and inquire why they're doing something right. honestly yeah but with athletes and jiu-jitsu athletes in general i think if someone is going to make that commitment it's it's in your best interest to understand why i yes. mean that's your body is that tool that you're going to rely on for years and years to come. So you might as well get used to it. You might as well learn about some of this stuff and understand the mechanics of it, which I've learned a lot just by working with you um, on things and movements that I shouldn't, shouldn't be doing in certain spots. So it's, it's, you know, that, that specific sport specific stuff for jujitsu. It's just, it's awesome, man. I'm, I'm, it's a great tool to have. And, Knock on wood. I hope I don't get injured where I have to use it again. But um, <laughs> same, yeah. You know, yeah. It's there I mean, if I need it. I uh, more than anything, I I just want to see the mentality of um, just pushing through injuries. Um, I I just want to see that. I, I just would like to honestly. I'd like to see that mentality go away. Yeah. Um, it's. It's just not beneficial for it's something I'm I'm super passionate about. You people can probably hear it in my voice. Like uh, I, but it's, it's not an attitude that is, it's not going to, not going to help keep you on the the mats long-term. And that's what every single person wants. We're all passionate about it. And, um, and I, I just want, would like to see that, uh, mentality of like i uh 
just pushing through those injuries and well you're starting to that's all you can do is, is preach yeah you know that's all you can do it's a huge community it's worldwide and you know more people are gonna there's gonna be other other uh folks like yourself that oh are there's they're specializing there's, yeah. in this and it's coming and jujitsu is one of the fastest growing activities um I, I, it's, you know, there's just, it's it's been exploding over the last five, 10 years. So you're going to see more specialization and that's all you can do is, you know, you're, you have a couple platforms, including this podcast to just kind of spread that word. And I think this was a great start to get that, that word out there. And at least for the small listenership that we have there, people are going to understand that, you know, whether you're a white belt or you're a black belt, that's been training forever, or you're just getting into the game. You know, this is something that you you should take care of. We've both seen it personally with friends and training partners that have neglected injuries only to have it come back in a really terrible way yes. or in a long-term way yep. or have some long-term consequences, um, which makes your road to health even greater. Yes. Um, I, I think, I mean, in some ways. So don't neglect it, you know, if, and, but you have to understand what, what, Going back to my original, you have to at least have the knowledge or find somebody that has the knowledge that can tell you whether you should be pushing through Mm -hmm. or whether you should even be training. Because quite frankly, most of us aren't experts at this, at the, uh, how our body works and the mechanisms inside of us. So we have to be told, you know, Um, especially when you're passionate about something. Yeah. You know, I shared with you earlier just my own simple, yeah, I was telling you I was feeling sore and it's like, uh, it, it, it's at all levels, right? I mean, you're talking to the extremes. Don't train when you're, you know, don't train through these powerful injuries or these pretty bad injuries, but it, it we all train with some sort of soreness and absolutely and, and, myself at times. included. Yeah. And you do have to manage that too. And it's, it's not always an easy, you know, it's it's all on your own you know everyone has to make that decision whether all oh, that elbow tweak that i've had for two weeks am i going to keep going am i going to keep training through it or should i let it rest or should i do some therapy most people if you don't get help you, do, you don't know that yeah what are you going to go read a message board where there's a hundred different so-called experts that have been through this your your best friend in the world could have had the same injury and it's going to affect you differently Absolutely. and your recovery is going to be different so I think even even the smaller things you have to manage and like myself, I've just been ramping up jujitsu over the last couple of months after returning from an injury. And it's like I'm starting to you know feel some as I go harder and harder, some soreness here and th- this wasn't feeling great here. And then it's like even at that s- lower level of soreness, you still have to you still have to do that and analyze, you know, yes. And, you have to analyze the situation because maybe you're overtrained and maybe you're, you know, maybe it's not something major, but maybe you're overtrained and you're sore and you can go too hard and become injured. Yes. That's 100%. a lot of times. That's what I'm a lot of try, times trying to, trying to prevent. It's like, uh, okay, I know I'm not in tip top shape. I haven't been competing. I haven't, I'm, you know, you, if you're doing this long enough, you know, the, the, uh, the levels of conditioning that your body or you have been in before, right? There's times when you're training for like, maybe it's the biggest competition of your life and you've been training for three months straight and you're just killing it in the gym and you, you know, or there's times where you're, 
like myself where I'm just coming back and it's like, you roll with some of the tougher people you have to, you know, I'm still trying to like feeling like I have to nurse certain positions with my knee and, but we all know how that goes and jujitsu is live roll. So those are things you have to measure out at no matter what level you are and what level of injury you have, you know? So I think your big message is obviously don't train when you're super injured, but you know, all of us have to do that. Just step outside yourself and look and kind of understand what injuries you have. I've seen so many people training through injuries that are like crazy. Like, you know, it's like, man, you're really risking it for a a worse injury here. It might not seem that bad or I'm just, I I just stay out of this position. I've heard that before. You know, I just stay out of this position. I don't play that position and then I won't get hurt. It's like, uh, so even for myself, I'm always trying to analyze that. And, uh, like I told you today, I kind of got stretched out in a position and my ribs kind of felt a little, they feel a little weird. That's the only way I can say it today. You know, it's like. It doesn't really hurt. It's a slight discomfort, but then it's like, is it some kind of messaging? Because I've heard that same exact spot really, really bad twice before. So, but you have to listen to your body. Mm-hmm. So now I'm going to take, you know, I'm going to train accordingly, day, yep. train accordingly with yep. this. And uh, I don't want to make it worse. And I know, and if anything, ribs, I've seen it a lot of times because I also treat people with, yeah. uh, jujitsu injuries and we do a lot of cold localized targeted cold treatments to get inflammation down and one of the biggest things i see with grapplers is ribs i've done a lot of ribs i've frozen a lot of ribs up and inevitably almost every time someone goes back too soon they get they hurt them worse it's just one of those things it's it's hard to work around a rib injury and you almost have to i i i mean i'm no doctor of physical therapy but i always tell people you know, if it's one of those rib injuries that's really preventing you from even sneezing, oh, dude, or I, you go into the restroom, you're going to be out four to eight weeks. Oh, for sure, rest dude. at least. But I see people trying to rush back all the time. Um, but it's just one of those things. I mean, if you, you go back early, you might be feeling great. Maybe it's just slightly sore, but guess what? You tweak that the wrong way, and boom, you're going to that right cartilage back. is going to blow up again. So yeah, that that happened to me actually. I was a blue belt. Uh, and I, that seventh rib, the one that's, that sticks out really prominently on your rib cage right there. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I separated the rib from that, from that seventh rib. Yeah. I've got a huge, big, huge knot there now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it always protrudes. As, Everybody that has a rib injury, it's yeah. always like a knot right there. Yeah. I, uh, I, I was out for, I think I was out for four weeks and I came back. And was like, went back, uh, great guns, and just first training session back, re-injured it. And yeah. then uh, I was out another, I think I was out for total of another eight weeks. And then, yeah. and then when I came back, it was like, you know, start with just going through the drilling. Then I worked up to um heavier drilling then i worked up to flow rolls and i worked so i mean yeah. it was like i mean it was a nightmare and yeah uh, but there you go right there that's all the more reason why even something where you think after four and i've seen this before people yeah. come into my shop and oh it's been four weeks i'll be fine you know or i'll read like a comment on 
a Facebook group page or something. Hey, I got this rib injury. Anybody experience this? I always love those. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. here we go. Let's yeah. see what kind of medical advice is given here. And it's like, oh, three weeks, you'll be back. Four weeks. You know, I'm like, man, you're pushing it. Any kind of rib. I've always, I always say six to eight weeks usually with the rib. Just You're just not going to be able to do much. Ribs, yeah. it's one of those injuries too where you can't do a lot of anything on the mat. Everything you, every movement you make and, but oh. there's, you know, there's certain ones that are less severe than others, obviously, but all the more reason why you have to have someone with that knowledge, or at least can tell you, you know, and diagnose that for you. Yeah. That's um, the other piece that you mentioned people running off, running, uh, onto, um, you know, Facebook and forums and stuff to get medical advice. And, uh, uh, I will caution any of the listeners on doing that because what those people who are giving those diagnoses, what they don't know is you're you. That's what yeah. they don't know. Mm-hmm. And they don't know your injury history. They don't, they don't know your life circumstances. They don't know, um, your physiology. So, right. um, be wary about taking medical advice from, uh, not, nothing is black and white. You can't template, you can't template things. You can't say that, things you do this you're going to get that outcome it doesn't work that way so Mm -hmm. um just use caution about the advice that you're taking from the interwebs it's hard though it is it's really hard it's it's, you know why it's hard because i'm sure you've been there i've been there too it's like you're almost searching for that person that's like oh it's only gonna be two weeks yeah yeah absolutely (laughs) it's always like that you're like it's almost like shopping for the cheapest price. Like, yeah. <laughs> I just want that vice that's going to get me back on the map uh, yeah. the soonest. Please yeah. let there be a majority of people who say that it's only going to be two to three weeks, please. Yeah. And then I'll believe it and it'll happen. <laughs> then just... they put the countdown on their phone. Yeah. 14 days, two yeah. weeks. Let's go. That's my next training session. It's uh, man. Injuries are part of the game, you know? So they are. Why, what, what better you know, why not focus on, focus on that more and both prevention and, you know, reacting to them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in reality, in the, in the grand scheme of things, what I would love to see as a part of, uh, gyms is some sort of injury prevention stuff. I think we do a great job teaching each other how to hurt each other and we don't do a good enough job teaching each other how to, uh, how to prevent some of this stuff, you know, there you um, go. You know, that's, that's the, the long game, but, um, I, well, you know, the BJJ physio can branch out and uh, <laughs> offer some academy advice and programming. I know it, it's, uh, there, we'll get there. I know we're going to get there. It's, you know, it, it, it is all about education. It you is. Know, you take yeah. somebody that's dedicated as their profession, like yourself to go through these things. So, and, and explain them to people, you know, I mean, that's the last, I mean, that's the last thing you're going to learn at the academy. I mean, yeah. there's just, they're not, nobody's qualified for that. People can tell you how to stay out of position so you don't get hurt, but that's just only going to go so far. Right. I mean, yeah, don't do this and you won't get this, but when everyone's live rolling, mayhem happens yeah. a lot of times, you know, and whether it's good or bad, you know, whether <laughs> it, it just happens, injuries happen, you know, and, and sometimes in the most innocent ways for sure. It, also with jujitsu. So, yeah, um, I mean, you know, it's, uh, even as things as, um, that are easy as optimizing people's optimizing warmups, uh, optimizing, you know, it is an education thing. It's, uh, mm-hmm. 
you know, even just doing a, you know, I, I don't exactly know what it would look like and how to, how to implement it. Some sort of, um, you know, online course for coaching. I, I don't under, I don't know exactly what it would look for the coaches. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, I don't exactly know what it would look like, but, uh, I've having trained at a bunch of different gyms, uh, I've seen some, uh, suboptimal, uh, like warmups particularly. Yeah. Um, that are honestly should be just be thrown away and yeah. re- redone, you know? Um, yeah. Who wants to warm up? <laughs> <laughs> well, once you get your purple belt, you could just skip those yeah, anyways. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Unless you listen to our podcast about etiquette. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no so, one's been late at my gym lately. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, give us the, give us the rundown, man. How did, how did, uh, your first official unofficial teaching experience go. It was good. Yeah, it went good. Everyone, it, it, it didn't get as much in as I wanted to get in, which I kind of, it, I halfway expected, but uh, that's just part of it. You know, when you're teaching some, some, something new to people, you, you have to spend a little bit more time on it. And jujitsu classes are pretty quick hour, hour and a half. Anyway, you'd only get so much time to teach these things. So, it'll be a few week kind of thing. I'm just going to teach some different things from that position, but people, uh, people liked it and they, you know, they told me so afterwards and it was a fun time and I, I enjoyed it and looking forward to doing it again. This, uh, I need to, we'll talk offline. I need to get some, uh, ideas for a good warm up from class on <laughs> Wednesday. <laughs> Not to say any of ours are bad, but, uh, it's my show to run this week. So I want to do a little bit something different. So, um, but yeah, it's, I like that aspect of it and, uh, it just helps me as well. I'm, I'm no expert and I just, there's certain positions that I put the work in and test them as much as I want, but, um, we learn together and that's part of the game, you know, it's, uh, sharing knowledge. So yeah, it's been good. That's really what it's all about is sharing that knowledge with each other and having that camaraderie in that community, man, that, um, that early bird class is just can't tell you how much I miss it. It's uh, <laughs> it's a good way to start the day. It's a great way to start the day, and it is uh, a really great network and community in that in that class. And so, um, yeah, I'm I, I'm I'm really really happy that you're because you've been with it for since since mm-hmm. since Jump Street. So I'm really yeah pumped to see you. Uh, uh, starting to, to get the, the, get the teaching reps in there. For sure. That's so cool. It helps my game out a lot, you know? Yeah. So, uh, I like, it, it keeps me, it keeps me engaged as well, you know, and focus on new things. And, um, uh, I do that anyway. You know, I do a lot of studying on the outside to try to implement stuff into my game. And, uh, why not share? I always share that with people anyway. It's like the more knowledge, the better. I love when people share new stuff with me. Um, I like that time after class or something, we're sitting around and just going through moves or, Hey, I tried this this other day. What does this work in here? Or how does this, you know, what can I do here? And that's, that's what makes it fun. I think I love that, that kind of camaraderie and that's just what teaching is and not to some, not to everyone, but that's in my little experience, that's I'm, this is just a little experiment for me. So I get to pretty much do what I want and develop my own thing. So I have the leeway to do that. And, 
I'll let you know next week how it goes. And but uh, the next few Wednesdays, I'll be doing that. So it's been fun. That's awesome, man. And uh, I'll be looking forward to hearing how it, how it goes. So awesome. Well, thanks for sharing all your knowledge today. It well, was. Uh, I think it's like I said before. This is going to be. It's going to be great for our listeners. You know, just this little hour's worth of discussion on this, um, where you're not going to hear it anywhere else at this depth. This isn't going to be the last time we talk about these types of things. Both Wes and I are involved in different types of therapies to get people training again, keep them on the mats. Um, We work at at our cryo shop. We work with a ton of athletes, a ton of athletes of all sorts, pro, pro level college. And what we preach is that I always tell people, you know, we're not uh, some kind of medical facility. We're not physical therapists. We are cryotherapists, yep. meaning we just use cold to get yep. inflammation down. That's all it is. Um, the, our, our treatments aren't intended to heal any specific injury, you know, but what it does is it'll provide relief, in my opinion, uh, from inflammation and pain in the joint so that your body can start healing itself. Yeah. If that makes sense. I mean, that's just what it is. It's a lot of what we do is like a glorified ice pack. Um, we do a lot of post-surgery people get surgery and they come in and they, they can't get swelling down with ice pack. A 15 minute treatment with our localized targeted, you literally see the swelling go down. People are amazed at it and that's what it's for. So we were, we both work with a lot of athletes and, um, in different ways, but we'll be talking about those types of things in this, you know, in episodes to come. But for this one, if you're out there listening and you've heard this, you know, take it to heart. Now, you know, that there is a resource if it isn't Wes, which we would like it to be obviously, because he's our guy, then find someone in your, you know, that's in your circle or that's an expertise in your area. Um, but or if you hear someone talking about injuries, say, hey, they can remember, I know this guy, you know, the BJJ physio, but, you know, you need to contact him. So that's a great way to support our efforts here. Um, both of us do this, this podcast. We love it. It's, it's a fun time. And, and part of the reason why is to share our knowledge in both jujitsu and, and things we have going on in our professional lives. So I've enjoyed that, man. And it's been great working with you. and. Like I said before, I like to have my little app in my pocket and there's a peace of mind to that. So uh, it's, a, it's a good resource to have and I appreciate you a lot. Well, uh, thank you. Thanks for, you know, thank you for the, the vote of confidence. Um, I, I uh, more than anything, let, just like I was saying, just have somebody treat your body, uh, treat, treat your body, um, t- take care of your body. Um, yeah. And it, it will, it will pay dividends towards keeping you on the mats and engaged in jujitsu and, um, just take, take care. I just can't preach that enough. And, you know, I, I, I ranted a little bit on this episode. Um, I've got lots of those little rants, um, <laughs> just okay. based on the things that I, I have, I do see and have seen in the medical field currently. And, um, that's good and bad because people have to listen to it sometimes, but, um, you know, that's what I do. I'm staking that claim on injuries and injuries, injury prevention. And, uh, I want people to take, 
take their bodies serious and and take care of it because that's it's it has to last you a lifetime on that note it's a good way to end it buddy yep everyone out there take care of your body that's right we'll see you next week see you next week guys thanks for listening to this episode of the road to black podcast once again please support our sponsors the bjj physio contact wes he'll hook you up with some customized programming for your game take it to the next level therapy performance the bjj physio also roll union jujitsu check out the latest styles jujitsu casual wear training gear check them out rollunion.com follow on instagram at rollunion thanks again for listening everyone and we will see you next time